Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Hockey Show Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm John, and I am really upset. What, why are you upset, man? Jake Gyllenhaal, right? <laughs> are we talking about his MMA appearance this weekend? Yeah, he's he's it he's playing in the remake of Roadhouse, <laughs> which, you know, oh, why don't we remaster the Mona Lisa? Uh and he's gonna be playing the role of John Dalton, right? Yeah. Well, he's not John actually Dalton technically for- no, it's not going to be John Dalton. They changed his first name. He's something else Dalton. Uh, uh okay, uh John with no H Dalton <laughs> is who very famously is so reluctant to fight and doesn't like doing it as a part of his job, goes out of his way to not be involved in any of these conflicts. And what is he at the remake? He's a UFC fighter? Well, I think to be fair, what they filmed, I'm pretty sure is the like, because he's supposed to, okay, so the plot I know is former UFC fighter got banned for something he did in the ring and i think what they filmed was that him getting banned because i actually did see some of the videos it's so weird so they filmed the they film it at the ufc fight it it didn't go out on the pay-per-view or any of that but everybody in the audience recorded it so i have now seen this scene uh i'm still interested (laughs) because of this though But yeah, I I guess he just beats the crap out of the guy after he's already unconscious and that gets him booted from the UFC. So I feel like that's going to play into his like, oh, I have to zen myself out now and let's not fight. Because yeah, you're right. If they totally, if he's a fighter, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, maybe this is where he like, spoiler, uh, rips the guy's throat (laughs) out. And, And that's was, you know, Patrick Swayze's whole aversion of fighting because he did that once and lo and behold he does it again uh but yeah it's if he is going to play this role and not be like the super reluctant fighter I'm gonna be really mad because that uh, that's half the beauty of that type of hero to begin with is the fact that they have all this extensive martial art expertise and moves that they can do but they don't wanna they're gonna do everything they can to not but they're pushed to their limit, and then they have to take action. Well, I, again, I mean, you're you're judging it just off of a crazy UFC cross-promotional, very clever, because it got me... I mean, hell, here we are in a hockey show, and actually kicking off the show with this. Yeah. Totally unexpected. But I'm into it, man, and Jake Gyllenhaal got ripped for that role. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, I know he got... I know he's, yeah. he's one of those actors that will get in shape for a role, and he did for, like, that boxing movie that he was in uh southpaw or whatever it was and a few others he's yeah. gotten but this is like i was i was like holy crap dude like i wait are we watching roadhouse or magic mike here like, <laughs> which, what, what the hell is going on with this so keep so, that so, so does that keep mean that scarf does that mean you're gonna get a cardboard cutout of jake <laughs> gyllenhaal here coming no, up no, no 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 because uh channing is actually at the radio station i donated that to the radio station you decided that you were beyond that phase. Well, the minute you get engaged, you know, you find out that there are certain things that you can keep and then certain things that <laughs> you want to keep. You you really you're you're told you can keep, but where are you going to put it because it's not going here or here or here. So, you know, I figured why not just bring it to work. <laughs> yeah. 
Nick, I have a pair of seats from Joe Lewis Arena that were taken out of there before the building was uh it was demolished. You know where I keep them? Where? In the oh, closet. What is going on? Those should be in the living room. Because that 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 is where they're supposed yeah. to go. I'm yeah, told. yeah. So that's where Channing was for a while, and then when we moved from our single bedroom to our two bedroom. Yeah, it was like, oh, that's right. You put him in the closet. He can come, but that's where he goes <laughs> when we go over there. So as you can see, uh, you can see it, John. If you're listening, you can't because we do this over video. But as you can see, I, I picked some of my other more important things, uh, movie memorabilia wise. Listen, I get to keep the Kevin Smith Funko Pop out. So... <laughs> <laughs> i went on that front yeah i went on that front i got i had to get rid of the magic mic cut out but i got the kevin smith uh funko pop <laughs> yeah well you have to negotiate you go back and forth between what one party's going to get and what the other party's going kind to of get. like a trade where you have to negotiate your way oh. look at that you just set me up for that i, I you're so good <laughs> uh yeah so since the last time we spoke let's let's get into it uh, enough Jake Gyllenhaal, enough Magic Mike, enough movies. Let's get to the hockey of it all. And the deadline has come and passed. And since the last time we spoke, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say happened, but a lot of trades happened. Where, like, to say the least. Yeah, just to say the least. Where do we start? I mean, do we start literally on the first and work our way to the deadline? Do we just kind of yeah that that makes the most sense to me we probably don't need to discuss every single move okay uh but you know it, it'll be that'll be a good way to do it and it'll kind of get our minds caught up okay it. uh so let's start then with columbus uh acquiring the king's conditional first round pick of 2023 their 2024 pick uh, and the conditions of the Kings do not quite, uh, whatever. We're not going through the conditions either way. They got a first and they got a third, uh, as well as Jonathan quick. Uh, and really the big pull here was they were the winners of the Vatislav, uh, Garvik, Garvikov, uh, move. So thoughts on this and we'll get, to, we don't have to talk quick yet because quick ended up getting traded a little bit later on. So we'll talk about that, but Thoughts on the Kings? They they got the, the they wanted a defenseman. They got their defenseman. Did they overpay? What's your take on this? Um, if anything, I think they the Blue Jackets did them a favor by taking a bit of a cap dump there uh, with the five point eight million owed to Jonathan Quick, uh, which. They also took back Jonas Corposalo, which, you know, if you're having goaltenders that are performing below average, man, you just got to go out and get Jonas Corposalo. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I do feel like Gabrikov was the main piece revolving around this. And then, you know, taking on quick would allow the Kings to go out and make some other moves. Uh, but, you know, I don't hate it. It's, you know, you're giving up a first, but the they're protecting it to the point where, you know, if they don't make the playoffs at all, then the Blue Jackets can get some other pick. Uh, but, you know, it's a lot to give up, but if you're getting uh, more pieces in return with it too, then I guess that works out. Yeah, I, it's... I. The Jonathan Quick part of it was the true shocker to me. I wasn't shocked by the first. I wasn't shocked by the third and all the other stupid conditions that go into it with the draft picks. 
these days, which there was a trend this year. Uh, McAdoo pointed it out, and I didn't realize it until I did start looking at it. I don't know if you saw the article on The Athletic, John, but about how teams seem to mortgage a lot more further down the road in their draft picks. It wasn't just this year and next year. They were going into like, 2024 and and beyond like teams were teams were really going like you will traditionally see the gamble of next year but not two years or three years and we started seeing a lot of that yeah which is exciting when you run into a situation like now where montreal has florida's first and that could have some lottery implications tied to it i i think it makes things more exciting to see teams do that And, and frankly you know it makes more sense to go all in on one year than it does to, you know, spend that first round pick on a different trade for three different seasons. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I like it. I, it, it kind of makes me though feel, and I've felt this way for a little while where I've, I've talked about it with people just with certain players when they start going like, Oh my God, they gave this guy a 3 million or this guy, a this contract. Not to say that organizations are possibly, undervaluing their draft picks, but they're just more willing to take the gamble with a draft pick over the actual player or this or that. They'd be, they're more willing to go, okay, we'll take that $3 million contract off of your books for like a fifth or a fourth or something like that. And teams are okay with drafting fourth and not having their third. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, I've no, I've no, I feel like I've noticed that trend with a few teams and Maybe it's because of teams like Tampa and, and those contenders that other teams are, you know, it's it's a mimic league. Every league is a mimic league. In baseball, everybody wants to mimic who's winning. In football, you know, everybody wants the next Patrick Mahomes right now. That's who everybody wants to draft. You got to find that quarterback. Uh, so maybe it's due to those teams like Colorado and them that are like, seem to find good play, give up those early round picks, but find good players at like the four or the five and trade away those like two, $3 million contracts for those mid-level picks and then kind of swap those picks to move. You know, it, it just, it seems like, I, I don't know. It's a lot of draft picks are being moved and it feels like teams value them, but aren't valuing them the way they do like an actual prospect. Yeah. You're, you're definitely not wrong to think that that's happening. And I think there's a couple different reasons for that. Uh, you, you know, the, you know, the family guy bit where, uh, they're offered, you know, the boat or the mystery <laughs> box, the box. <laughs> and Peter's, yeah, could the mystery box could yeah. be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the draft picks are the mystery yeah. box there, right? They're, they're the, you know, this could end up, you know, my seventh round pick pick could be Jamie Ben. Uh, it more than likely won't be, but it could be. So, so they're, they'll have a look at, you know, kind of, you know, maybe I'm giving up a little more here potentially, but I get a lot more certainty back in exchange yeah. for it. Uh, and, and then I think the other just big part of that has, has been that, you know, if you're a general manager, especially one that's in the hot seat, uh, you're potentially trading away draft picks for when you won't be there anymore if the team's not successful. So to a certain degree, what do you care about that pick? You know, so it makes it a little bit easier for general managers, I think, to make the decision. And uh, Julian Brisewa even commented on just the 
later picks aren't nearly as valuable anymore. I think they said that like a late first rounder, like 20th to 32nd, has like a 10% chance of being an NHL regular. And, and then, you know, the, that far back in the next round, it drops to like 3%. Uh, so, you know, a lot of these uh, second, third round picks that are, you know, for teams that are contending, uh, they're, they're not going to be able to do a whole lot with them. So you might as well give that to someone that wants to, you know, increase their lottery ticket mm-hmm. odds if, if you're going to get back a known quantity for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to a trade talking about the later draft picks. Uh, this plays perfect into it. Capitals acquired Colorado's 2025 second round pick in exchange for Lars Eller. Uh, also, it looks like 31% of their salary was retained as well by the Capitals. I like this move for the Avalanche. I like Lars Eller uh, living close to Washington and and seeing the Capitals for so many years as as the local team here. That's always blacked out when I want to watch a hockey game. So got to watch them on basic cable. Yay. Yeah. Uh, but, but <laughs> being able to follow them closer here. Uh, I've always liked Lars Eller. I always felt he was a little overpaid. Um, so getting him at 31% retained for the remainder of the year. I, I like this is, this is a nice move for the avalanche that are kind of just trying to pad. I say at this point, kind of patch their way. Uh, and wimp their way into the playoffs as they start getting people back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't like some some of I. The second is a lot for Colorado, but I do like the trade. Yeah, and for for Colorado, it's more about the moves they didn't make that has me kind of concerned. Uh, I think that's a pretty solid return for Lars Eller, uh, even if you're retaining salary there. That you know that's mm. fine. Uh, and for uh, what, and if you're Lars Eller, you know, you're out of contenders to get traded to, you could do a lot worse than the Avalanche. Uh, for the 2025 draft, the Capitals still have their second round pick, and they also have the Bruins pick in addition to Colorado's now. So I'm curious to see what they end up doing with all these acquisitions if they don't end up you know, packaging that together to get someone else's first uh, or something like that. Uh, but, you know, I it'll it'll be interesting to see what they're doing because they're certainly stockpiling. Yeah, Washington, it. I really liked their deadline a lot. Uh, I thought that they that's a team that I've you know, we have both talked about where it's clear that they're just want to pad Alex Ovechkin, get him to that number. But they promised Ovi that as long as he was there, they would never rebuild. What they're doing is kind of the closest thing to that rebuild that they can get away yeah. with. Because like you said, they're stockpiling. They now have a lot of options. They can either start moving some of these picks for players. Uh, they definitely need to kind of sure up their D-line a little bit. But they did make a move that I think is in a way trying to at least set the defense uh, at least the top three for them for next year. But I, I really, I like the capital, what the capitals did. And yeah. That second round pick great return on Eller. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens with him there. Let's talk your red wings here. I know you're going to be excited about this as they prove the Vancouver Canucks are absolutely the stupidest team in the league. 
and Steve Eiserman does it again. He acquired that New York Islanders first that they got, as well as Vancouver's second round pick for Philip Hornick and uh, the fourth round pick of Detroit. I, I, I love the idea that just, uh, you know, they were at a tense negoti- negotiation that's, you know, hit a rut. It's not going anywhere. And Eiserman says, all right, what if I throw in a fourth? <laughs> you know, that, that'll that really make this, you know, something you can stomach. Uh, yeah, I, I sent you a meme earlier this week. It was about a viral story where a woman bought a 1998 Ford Escort uh, for $289 a month for 84 months. And uh, I said something to you to the extent of, oh, look, Vancouver yeah. bought a car. Uh, this is, I don't understand why you make this move if you're Vancouver. Uh, I understand why you do it if you're oh, Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. yeah, granted, you know, Philip Peronic wasn't something I was, someone I was anticipating would be moved. He's, you know, cost controlled into next year. He'll be an RFA uh, with eligible L- ah, arbitration rights after next year. Uh, so this isn't, you know, a move for somebody that you are looking to get rid of so that you don't lose out necessarily. Um, but I would have traded my own mother to get that conditional first from the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, frankly, I'm hoping that they can somehow end up winning the draft lottery and that becomes a top 12 <laughs> pick. And uh, the Red Wings just have their pick for next year and in unprotected status. Uh, but yeah, the not rebuilding Vancouver Canucks out here, uh, moving assets to acquire depth defensemen. Uh, granted, you know, Herodic's great in a 3-4 role. Uh, if you're putting him at 1-2, he's probably in over his head. Uh, but now you, if you take that first and kind of apply it back, they essentially traded Bo Horvat for Nathan Beauvillier and Philip Horonic. And I just don't know any sort of universe where that makes a lot of uh, sense. The one that typically should get you fired uh, and probably you'd see in like an EA Sports video game, but... That's the way Vancouver's doing business these days. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll keep talking about Vancouver because we're not done with them, but let's talk uh, another one of those really down the road draft picks moved 2026 third round pick of Carolina goes to Arizona and the hurricanes pick up Shane uh, Gospis share. Uh, that's, that's a nice little Carolina move. Yeah, that's a that's a nice bit of business. Uh, I I think they were looking for somebody that could really kind of quarterback their second power play unit because uh, Brett Burns is doing good with what he's got. But, uh, you know, you want to spread that spread out the love there a little, so to speak. So I think this is a, a pretty solid move for both sides here. Uh, Arizona gets, you know, something for an expiring deal. Uh, and, you know, doesn't have to worry about taking on uh, the remainder of his payments there uh, for the rest of the season. And Carolina gets a, you know, a cheap option to really stock up there. I think that works well for both yeah, sides. Yeah, I, I like this move. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, you're right. I think Carolina would have loved to have, they, they definitely would have wanted to be in on the Timo Meyer sweepstakes a little bit more, I'm sure. But if you're not going to land Timo Meyer. You could do so much worse than this. 
So this is a nice little move for the Hurricanes, who are really still one of my favorites right now in the East. Uh, I know the Devils have been on a bit of a roll again, but I, it's just really hard to bet against Carolina right now. Uh, it's hard not yeah, to like that's, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, Chikrin, he's on the move. He's going to the Senators. Uh, love that pickup for the Senators, but let's talk Arizona acquired because this one will talk the conditions because I just love it. Uh, so Arizona acquires Ottawa's first round pick, conditional. Their 2024 second round pick, which is Washington's, conditional. 2026 second round pick of Ottawa, way down the road. The conditions, the top five protected. If the condition is met, the pick becomes an unprotected 2024 first round. Condition number two, if Ottawa makes it to the 2023 Easter Conference final, the pick becomes a 2024 first round top 10 protected. If the pick is top 10, the pick becomes Ottawa's 2025 first round unprotected. What the hell, man? (laughs) So if you are Ottawa after this pick, that is, so you've more than likely traded away your 2023. That makes sense. Uh, Especially if you're acquiring Jacob Trick. Chickering, yes. who let's remind everyone uh is signed for two more season at, at 4.6 yeah, million even if you're, that is a deal even if you're not a playoff team that's fine uh but th- this i i would be really hesitant to just tie up additional first round picks like that especially for a team like the senators who's really just kind of on the cusp of you know they may not make the playoffs this year if they did it wouldn't be completely unheard of uh but that means you get a really good chance to push for it next year uh but you're kind of tying a hand behind your back because if you have this condition attached to these first round picks you can't move them because you may end up needing them even if it's really unlikely uh that you're you know not going to make the playoffs or whatever it may be that the conditions tied to, you still can't move it until it's a hundred percent set in stone. So I, I, I don't like this from their perspective, unless it they're going to have the chance to, you know, have that 2025 pick uh, available or not by the time next year's deadline rolls. Around. See, I think this is, I think this is kind of their all in move for this year and where they are this year that this, they think that they're a playoff team come next year. The way the way Vancouver thinks they're a playoff team come next year, Ottawa is definitely much closer than that. And Ottawa thinks that this oh, is yeah. the move that, you know, they are so close. And they've I've been keeping an eye on them. And I know they lost last night uh, pretty soundly. But they've been replaying some really good hockey of late. They still got the games in hand. They're still like they still got the games in hand to the point where if they lost every single one of those games in overtime, they make the playoffs and they jump both the Penguins and the Islanders. So like they're in a great position. And I think the Chickering move, you know, they they're willing to part with that much and put in all those conditions because they do think that they're a playoff team this year, um, and they do think that that makes them a playoff team next year. And if they make the playoffs this year, or at least being competitive this year, they will be a little bit of a sexier destination for some people in the off season, which could get them yeah, over sure. that hump that they didn't get to also helps them in the, the idea of trying to re-sign Chikrin then next year when he's on that last year of his deal. Uh, I I don't fully hate it, but I just think I I'm just 
totally again blown away by the condition aspect of things because like you said it does lock things up to the point where okay if they are in a position next year of they're they need to make a move at the deadline they technically don't have the first or that second to work with anymore because you don't know what that first is now because that 2024 second round pick could turn into the 2024 first round pick. So now those two are locked up and you're kind of in that position of you got to start doing. And, but also that doesn't stop trades because I, I, I I know we're not going to spend a lot of time on the Rangers today, but Drury had that situation with one of the, like the one of the dumb trade, uh, I think it was the Tarasenko one where one of the draft picks is locked up in another trade and they get that draft pick if it doesn't go in the other trade. But if it does go, then they get like a third and a fifth or something like that. They get like two other draft picks from like 2025 or whatever. So it was one of those like, what the yeah. hell is like, you just look at it and you're like, what? Like <laughs> the conditions are just so ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. And for for what you're seeing with a lot of this uh Ottawa has positioned themselves very nicely, so nicely going into next year. Uh, outside of now, it I should say that with a caveat that they do not have a pick in the next three rounds. That's the other issue for the for yeah for for this draft, which is you know going to be a pretty deep one. Uh, but they they have hardly anyone of consequence is going to have their deal up. Uh, you know, Shane Pinto's going to need to be re-signed. He'll be an RFA. Uh, you, you have uh, Derek Brassard's deal is up. Travis Hamanick is up. Cam Talbot's up. You're, you're going to have a lot of cap space suddenly coming available. And the only deal that you're really going to have to focus in on is going to be Alex Dabrinkit, uh, who is... I don't know what his qualifying offer is going to have to be off the top of my head, but it's going to be significant. Uh, So they are more than likely just sitting back and waiting to see, uh, you know, what the new ownership is going to be like and how much they're going to be willing to spend before uh, setting up a deal like this. Um, All right. So Ottawa won the Chikrin sweepstakes. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I'm very interested to, because I have not considered the Senators to truly at any point, even in this run, really be a threat for the playoffs. But I gotta say, I'm I'm curious. They, I, I I'm starting to uh, keep an eye on them. But I feel like right now, Senator fans listening are like, "Screw you, Nick!" Because a while back, I said, "Well, I still really like the Panthers," and then the Panthers have kind of been. <laughs> pretty blessed since then so yeah don't be ridiculous nick no senators fans are listening <laughs> oh man uh, so um, all right so let's move on to the next one uh i do want to talk about this one for a hot minute uh eric portillo his signing rights were traded from buffalo yes. to la for the king's third round pick this year university of michigan product eric portillo uh he's I would call this a loophole, but that may not be a very fair way to describe it. Uh, But it's the rule where if you go through uh, the NCAA, uh, you can still get drafted. But if you're not signed by the time, you know, your senior year is up, uh, then you just become an unrestricted free agent, which 
if they wanted to close this loophole, they would have done it in a CBA by now. Uh, so this is just kind of the rule at this point, which, you know, if if he wants to, uh, you know, be the one to pick where he ends up playing, then so be it. I, uh, I've always thought it was a little weird that if uh, someone came to me and said, hey, you have to work in this city for this organization. Uh, and if I didn't want to, then, you know, I just could not work in that business whatsoever. That would be weird. Uh, so that aside, uh, I think LA is just going to take a crack at trying to sign him. Uh, this isn't unlike, was it the Jimmy BC deal that went from Nashville to Carolina for something cheap? And, uh, he basically said, yeah, I'm not going to sign with you guys. Either. Uh, I know VC was it Carolina. Uh, I know Fox was Calgary to Carolina and then was like, I'm not signing with you. And then to the Rangers, maybe that's what uh, I was thinking of. because yeah. anytime Adam Fox plays in Calgary, they boo him, which is kind of hysterical. Cause I'm like, he kind of snubbed Carolina a little bit harder, but okay. Yeah. Uh, I get it. You know, Windross didn't sign with in, in Canada either. And he got booed every time he went to Canada. Uh, so yeah, but, but VC but yeah, did the same thing move. though as well. Like, because because it was one of those where Fox and VC were like, "That's great, you drafted me, and that's great that you traded for me, but I want to play for my favorite team. Like, I'm not signing." So yeah, this is this is just the hope of, hey, Portillo, come play for the Kings. But who do we know who his favorite team was growing up? Is Eric yeah, Portillo? Because I would bet. Um, whatever's in my pocket, which is like a dollar. Uh, so, uh, so I'll make the classic trading places bet, uh, with you that he's going to sign with that team, whoever it is. I, it may have been Boston. There you go. I, he's going for to some Boston. reason, I, I have him. <laughs> he's from Sweden originally. So it's hard to say, uh, it's not as simple as just looking at, uh, you know, where somebody is and saying, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, he uh, he grew up in Massachusetts. Therefore. Yeah, like Adam Fox grew uh, up in, like, Jersey, like, outside of the city or something. So it's like, yeah, okay, there, you know, makes sense. He wants to be a Ranger. But, yeah, he was, uh, he was all over the place uh, a bit through his junior career. Uh, he played a lot in Fridlanda. But, uh, yeah, he's been decent at the University of Michigan. I don't know that he'll be a legit full-time NHLer, uh, maybe as a backup, but yeah. I don't know. The scouting reports don't have a ton of faith in him being the for real deal. Uh, but they, but the other crazy part of that is just that, you know, there's only 32 starting jobs. So he may just end up signing wherever he feels that he has the best chance of winning that. Job. Nah, that's true too. Um, ooh, I lost my little thing here for a second. So let me get it back up. All right. Uh, next trade we got uh, the Golden Knights acquired Teddy Bluger from the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, for a third and a prospect. Not the move I thought they would make uh, for addressing something, but uh, not necessarily a bad move. No, either. no, not at all. Uh, all right. Uh, next one, the San Jose Sharks acquired uh, trade deadline favorite, uh, Vadislav Nemestikov. And... Uh, Interestingly enough, 50% of his salary was, was retained by Tampa. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, Nemestikov on the move. 
Yeah, not not sure why Tampa is retaining here. Uh, they got uh, Michael Isamot back in the deal, which is you know, a solid acquisition for him, I guess. I don't know a ton about him. Uh, I know a lot more about Nemesikov, but uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, all right, back to the big dogs now. Uh, Michael Granlund traded from the Predators. Uh, Pittsburgh second goes to Nashville. Granlund goes to the Penguins. Uh, why though? Yeah, I that wasn't again. I wasn't what I thought the Penguins needed, but yeah. hell of a great pickup for the Predators in the process. Because I also did not think that Granlin was a second round draft pick worthy, just straight up. Yeah, I, I mean he's he Michael Granlin is a decent depth option he is not worth the five million dollars he is being paid uh that if i read this correctly the preds did not even have to retain no retention to make that trade happen so again there is there's a very specific skill for playing with you know superstar players uh chris kunitz made an entire career out of it uh but i just this move almost seems like something that uh, Ron Hextall did to just say that he did something uh, or he's actually a sleeper agent for the Flyers and he is tanking their ride. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, again, I, I don't. It felt like the move, you know, like they made the move where they uh, dumped off Bluger uh, 2.2 million and then they made that move and and for the 5 million. So it, it feels like something that they really were like, we want to do this. Uh, but I don't get it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they did it. It happened. Uh, we'll see if it helps them. You know, they're, they're, they're still fighting for their playoff spot right now. Yeah. It, it is just the only connection that I can really think of is that Chuck Fletcher signed his, deals uh when he played in minnesota for a very long time so if chuck fletcher had somehow talked with ron hextall and gotten it in his head that this was a really good player worth having um but i'm i'm grasping at straws on this one realist <laughs> all right uh boston got tyler bertuzzi i know you uh, i know you've been waiting to talk about this one 50 of the salary retained <coughs> excuse me and Detroit acquired Boston's 2024 first round pick, top 10 protected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Boston's 2025 fourth round pick. I like this move all around. Uh, and damn it, Boston just, the rich and the good just keep getting richer and gooder. Yeah, it, it's funny how the NHL uh, put out a big statement about saying, hey, you better not be using injured reserves specifically to make room for the deadline. And then Taylor Hall goes on injured <laughs> reserves suddenly. I'm, I'm sure yeah, it's nothing. No. Uh, yeah, it, as far as places that would like to have a Tyler Bertuzzi, this was this is pretty high up on the list. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be enough to make me root for Boston, per se. Uh, but the... He really kind of fits into their style. Uh, That first game that he had with them this past weekend, uh, someone described him as a second Brad Marchand, which is, you know, just what you want in your potential playoff opponents. 
but yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be a great addition to him. I'm surprised to see Bertuzzi netted a first, even if it is you know extra conditional and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but that is some a pretty solid uh, asset management to be able to get the first. And again, love to picture the uh, the end pass of the deadline and the Bruins say, "Okay, we'll throw in a fourth. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, we give you this pick down here. Okay, that works. Uh, Jacob Wurcheck, he's going from Columbus to Arizona, along with a uh, six-round draft pick and. Goalie prospect John Giles or Giles or Gillis. Yeah, okay. I think so. Uh, uh, is going back to Columbus. Yeah, and this is pretty much a move that's just going to let you clear some cap space here. Uh, it's been really strange to see. He clearly has some sort of injury uh, that is paying out a lot of what he's got going right now. Uh, and the coyotes uh you know not only get to utilize that injury reserve space because obviously the big scheme for them is they want to acquire all this room uh so that we so that they don't have to pay out as much in salary next year because they can not put him on injured reserve and hit the salary cap floor easier that Mm -hmm. way uh but the other thing to notice for it is that if his uh his salary is covered by insurance. They don't have to pay it either. So that's, you know, $8 million that not only do you not have to worry about doling out through the salary cap, you don't have to actually have that come out of your checkbook. And as much as the coyotes want to act like, you know, Oh, you know, the fact that we weren't willing to take back money on any deals, you know, didn't make that big of a difference. Uh, We've all seen where you're playing. Like if, if finances are a thing right now, we get it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's totally a cap move for both teams. Uh, you know, Columbus, hey, you know what, Columbus gets a goalie prospect. That's probably one of their biggest needs, uh, you know, I feel is, 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 they have a lot of holes that they need filled, but that's one of them. Uh, Arizona helps them get to that cap floor. So yeah, it's, 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 that's really just, you know, that's all that move was about. You nailed it. Uh, yeah. Columbus keeping with the moves after this one, we may just want to do the highlights. Cause I feel like if we do every single deal, I we'll feel be like that's <laughs> kind of where we are after this one. Uh, because yeah. this does feel like it was actually one of the last big, Oh my God moves of the deadline or pre deadline. And that's Jonathan quick. Uh, 50% of his salary retained. He's now in Vegas, baby. Vegas! Yeah, you you heard a lot about how upset he was about being traded. Apparently, he still flew home with the team after being traded. Uh, And the the Blue Jackets have a long history, whether it's Jeff Carter or Adam Foote or whoever, of being super sensitive to players not wanting to be there or refusing to report after being sent there and all this sort of stuff. Uh, so they, they made a really big deal out of signing Johnny Goudreau in the off season to kind of say that they aren't that kind of destination 
anymore. Uh, so I feel like they were really going out of their way to make sure that Jonathan Quick wasn't going to add to that list of people that refused to go there. Uh, but also kind of realistically, if you're Columbus and you have Jonathan Quick, you might as well flip him. You know, for Michael Hutchinson and a seventh, sure, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you, you mostly took him back just to make that other deal work. Uh, and, and it works out for Vegas because as we'll get into as I go on a rave about uh, Pacific Division goaltending, uh, he they L.A. probably would not have traded him directly to the Golden Knights. Oh, no, no, no. That's exactly how that trade came about. Uh, you know, I don't think L.A. thought that Columbus was going to flip him right away to Vegas, but there was no way L.A. was flipping him to a team that they're probably going to be facing at some point in the playoffs, potentially. Uh, all yeah. right, uh, moving on, as we said, just hitting some of the the last real big deals, I guess, the, the ones that make a difference. Uh, Dallas Stars acquired Max Domi. They won the Max Domi sweepstakes with, from the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, didn't have to give up a ton nah. for him. Uh, you know, a second pick and one of their goalies that they haven't been using uh, too terribly much, who's going to be, you know, a UFE, UFA at the end of this year. So, hey, go right ahead and do it. Uh, you know Anton Hudobin's from Kazakhstan? Good for him. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> we have goalie that make a save. He sure did. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I'm with you. It wasn't a lot. Uh, that's a nice acquisition for the Stars who are – because the West is pretty much set as far as playoffs go at this point. Uh, so yeah. it's kind of Dallas just padding themselves the best they can. Uh, Verona goes to St. Louis. I did want to get your thoughts on that. Verona to St. Louis, because you have been, uh, uh, Jacob Verona fan with, uh, Detroit. Yeah. And you really wanted to see him get a second chance and got to have a nice big redemption story in Detroit. And, uh, just, you know, if someone's going through a struggle like that, I feel like you should stand by them. You should, you know, if you played him out through all the rest of the year and then you made this trade, I would understand it a lot more. Uh, but I feel like he barely got a chance to, you know, play post uh, recovery. So to move him to St. Louis for uh, Dylan McLaughlin and a 2025 7th, uh, when you, he was originally part of the Anthony Mantha trade, uh, that's a huge huge shortfall for that and clearly there's stuff behind the scenes that we don't understand i don't know if you said something unpleasant about c weiserman's mother at some point that that would explain a lot frankly uh but it's it just i hate seeing the move made i hate seeing them make it for such a pitiful return that's just difficult to understand uh, and they already said that they were loaning uh, the AHL or Brian McLaughlin uh, to the AHL team he's already playing for. So he doesn't have to pack up and move, uh, which is, you know, doing more of a courtesy to him than you did for Verona to a certain degree. Uh, but, you know, the Red Wings uh, projected cap space now is only eight and a half million dollars. So I guess you needed uh, that. A uh, couple million in cap space room that you were going to get for uh, moving Jacob Verona there. Yeah, uh, I yeah, the move is a little was a little surprising to me, uh, especially with St. Louis. I felt Detroit was still, I don't know, I, I, something must have happened, as you said, that they just kind of because they also paid half of the salary to get him out. So 
There's yeah. they 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 saw something that they were like, it's not working here. It's time to move on. Um, and, and St. Louis has to know above all else, they are not in a position to make a playoff run for this no, year. No. Uh, that, but you know, beyond that, if especially you know, there's a lot of holes in the lineup now that you take out O'Reilly and Tarasenko and. You know, for a low-risk move like that, yeah, you might as well try with Jacob. Yeah, Carolina. yeah. Uh, so hopefully he gets it going in St. Louis. Uh, Nick, I Nick hope Benino, so. uh, he makes the move from San Jose to Montreal to Pittsburgh, where he lands. Um, that's more what I expected Pittsburgh to do. Yeah, that that especially given that that's a player that played in Pittsburgh previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, you know, that you would assume that they have a lot more familiarity there. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Uh, not, didn't give up a ton to get him. Uh, it looks like the biggest asset there, uh, was a fifth. So yeah, sure. Go, if that player is available to you, go out and get him. but I wouldn't anticipate the needle moving too terribly much for yeah it's that's just a nice okay we 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 need to try and share up the playoff spot but it's not the move that makes you go that's now the contending move for them uh yeah quickly i i I just want to hit it just because i misspoke earlier when i mentioned his name uh he was traded prior to it but on the deadline nemesnikov was moved again that time from the sharks to the jets uh, which makes yeah. him one of the like most moved players at the deadline now. I I need to make a note to find that. I I want to see who has been traded the most and who has played for the most teams because I feel like those are things I should probably know off the top <laughs> of my head, and I definitely. Um. Know. All right. Well, while you think that, uh, let's talk. Let's bring up Jordan Greenway. He went uh to the Sabers from the Minnesota Wild. Wild, I think, get a nice little return on that with the uh, 2023 second and 24 fifth. And I think Greenway is a nice pickup for Buffalo, who finds themselves in a playoff spot. And that's kind of one of those moves of we're we're doing something, but it's not the all in move that we've seen teams that we saw like the Devils and Toronto and the Rangers and all of them try and make. Yeah, uh, Jordan Greenway. Definitely hasn't quite lived up to his potential as a scorer. I'm, I think is kind of the general feeling about him. Uh, but, you know, sometimes going to a new environment does that. You know, look what happened with Jeff Skinner in Buffalo. So it uh, there's definitely the potential that this ends up working out really well for the Sabres. Uh, and if you're the Wild, you know, either way, getting a second and something else for this guy, uh, probably a decent move for you as well. So I think that's a uh, potential win-win all around for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov, he went to the Penguins. Brock McGinn and uh, third-round pick next year went back to the Ducks. 50% of the salary was retained. Yeah, the Penguins really don't have enough uh, depth defensemen at yeah. this point, so you're glad to see them <laughs> f- fix that. Good for <laughs> them. Uh, and then... The, I have one okay. more of note that I think I think worth it's the one that I have just seen as well. So John Klingberg to yes. the wild. Yeah. So last year, John Klingberg 
uh, you know, made a lot of noise out in Dallas because, you know, he had watched a lot of other people go into, you know, get their big eight year deals and kind of said, okay, my turn. And Dallas kind of said, "Mm, I don't know if that's the move for you, though. Uh, so he kind of wanted to get traded I do, uh, out of there. I don't think he did. Uh, did Clearly did not like what was being offered to him. Uh, so he went and uh, signed a one-year deal with Anaheim for $5 million, uh, probably with the hope that he was going to really showcase himself. And, you know, you love to see a player betting on himself, uh, but Anaheim has been a historically bad team defensively. Uh, So not really something you want to be associated with if you're trying to, you know, trying to rebuild your name there. Uh, But if he gets put in Minnesota and, you know, they go on a bit of a run there, uh, has the potential, has the potential to kind of rewrite uh, what his next deal could potentially look like. Yeah, it's a nice move for uh, Minnesota for the reasons you said, kind of just needs to get him out. Uh, The Wilds you know, right there at a playoff position as well. That's a good team. So he'll, he'll, he'll be on an, another good team looking to make an impact. So I like it. Uh, I'm okay with it. It's, it's, you know, didn't, it didn't really feel like they gave up a lot. Very of- unenthusiastic version of the Nashville Predators goals. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I want some more. I can live with yeah, it. I can live with it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so that's everything that happened with the deadline. A lot of things there. Um, We didn't really get to talk too much about the deal that did not happen, which is apparently that JT Miller could have been in Pittsburgh. Uh, Apparently there was a deal on the table for that. But then Vancouver didn't want to make the trade because Vancouver French fried when they should have pizzaed. Yeah, so, so the the story for it was that uh, they were potentially moving JT Miller out of Vancouver, which is 100,000% so the best move you can yes. make. Uh, but they got picky about it and uh, decided they didn't want to move him because there were too many draft picks involved in it and they're, quote, not rebuilding. Um. Um what yeah (laughs) for 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 reference for reference 29 year old jt miller has a eight year eight million dollar deal that kicks in next year uh and has been in absolute tire fire in both offensive and defensive stats this year uh you gotta you know it could be possible it could be possible that rick tockett gets him to have a big bounce back for it next year I'm not counting. But wait, how old is he next year as well? Doesn't he turn 30 next year or 31? Yeah. 30 30. next year. There you go. Yeah. Not where you want to, not, 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 not the best place to be at that point. Yeah. Oh, excuse, excuse me. His his birth date is March the 14th. So a week from today. All right. So, so he'll be 30 going into 31 next year, kicking off that extension. Oof. 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 I, 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 I can't, I can't, I I can't with this team, this Vancouver Canucks team has made me so angry this year. It just like, it's that, 
it's that vine of Tyra Banks, man, just being like, we believed in you. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what they look at and see. Like, like they have to be looking and going, well, we have Quinn Hughes who, you know, fastest defenseman, uh, you know, to X amount of points. I forgot what, 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 what record, what the record was. Two hundred. Thank, thank you. I was like, what did he just break? He did it one game, <laughs> did one game quicker than Leach, but you know, fastest to 200, uh, you know, we have Elias Pedersen. Like that's what they have to be doing, right? They have to be looking at that, like that tops that those like four stars they have and going, yeah, this is it. But the issue is those four stars are being like, there's just a lot of money locked up in stars like JT Miller, who are not those four stars and there's nothing there for the bottom. So the bottom nine is just crap. And you can't look at this team and say, Hey, you know what the issue really was this year is we had Bruce Boudreaux as our coach and we had Bo Horvat, uh, the, you know, and horrible goaltending and, and like league league worst goaltending, which there's no way we're going to get that again next year. Cause we, you know, it, it has been a bit of an off year there. I, I mean, Thatcher Demko being injured was part of it, but this is, you remember a few years ago where the Ottawa Senators were just the punching bag of the yeah. league with all the issues they were having. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver has taken that crown rather commandingly. Uh, they just don't have the off-ice issues to match it. You know, between the way having your starting goaltender be injured for most of the year. Uh, having all these questions surrounding how you're treating your head coach, uh, making an offer to sign your captain for less money than he's making now. Uh, Just issue after issue after issue has been surrounding this team. And now, you know, they don't have their second and trade away the main asset that they got for uh, Horvat. So I just, I can't with this team. I can't wrap my head around. I I can't either. It's, I mean, they literally went into the deadline and this is a team that should have been trying everything they could to shed as much cap space as they could. And they walked away adding cap space into next year. Not just for this year. They didn't get guys that are going to be free agents. They got players that are under contract for next year. They added money when this is a team that needs to shed money. Yeah, they their projected cap space uh so far this year zero. Uh going into next year, you potentially have about four million dollars to work with. Uh and Vitaly Kraftsoff needs a new deal. Uh and outside of that, you're probably okay. Uh, but it doesn't oh, and Ethan Bear and Travis Dermott. Uh, but that doesn't leave you a whole lot of room to improve your team. So at this point, they're almost certainly just running it back again next yep. year. And they they actually they, think it, that this is a playoff team. Yeah, I I I don't I, I don't get it either. And if I, I don't care for the grade stuff and this and that, but yeah, if there was a grade to give for this year's trade deadline, uh, Vancouver failed, man. The Canucks failed. And and this just goes to show, again, 
it's this this year a lot of our shows have turned into a lot of the what the hell vancouver and a lot of vancouver bashing but this is why this this was just a a master class of what not to do it, it for what jt miller is preparing to have which is an eight million dollar cap mit, cap hit and a full no move clause, yeah this was it you should have you should have been willing to send him to Pittsburgh for future consideration. You absolutely should have. You have $8 million then to spend for next year. You can replace JT Miller next year. Now, I am curious, do you think that at any point in time as well, sitting in there, they were like, oh no, we can't trade JT Miller because part of why we traded away Bo Horvat was... We couldn't re-sign him because we had re-signed JT Miller. So now we retrade JT Miller. Uh, you know, the the stupid logic as opposed to that of which the fans have already accepted that, dude, we need to move on and and rebuild. Yeah, it, and the only ones that seem to not get that is ownership and, and management. Yeah, it, and to, to a certain degree, you wonder how much of it is that sunk cost fallacy that you already mentioned. Uh, that, you know, hey, we can't lose Bo Horvat and JT yeah. Miller. We have to keep one or the other. Uh, and then in addition to that, the idea that management would trade him away before his new deal even kicks in makes it so they basically have to admit that they made yeah. a mistake in signing that deal. And, and, and I just don't see a world where a lot of NHL general managers are willing to do that. Yeah, I it's and it's weird because it's you know i i think neither one of us I, now again there you know it could be it's job security they got to be able to justify it he handed miller that deal if he trades miller he you you said it he's admitting right then and there that 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 deal is uh, he screwed up and on top of giving up and giving away bo horvat for what you know as we discussed essentially is now garbage. Um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm very confused by what Vancouver is trying to do and thinking. Uh, but hey, yeah, that's why we're just unpaid podcast hosts. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, I've. This is a bit from Ryan Lambert, so I can't take credit <laughs> for it. But if there, there are certain times i feel like i could be of tremendous value by the an nhl team to just sit in an office and a couple times a year you come to me and run a move by me and i just say oh don't do that yeah and, and, and i you could pay me five hundred thousand dollars a year to do that and i would still save you money yeah yeah i mean you could have just given me like a hundred bucks and been like what is your thought on this and i would be like trade jt miller for whatever the hell you can get <laughs> you whatever the best yeah, deal is on the I, table you take that deal now yeah um so yeah i don't want to talk about vancouver anymore thankfully this probably will be the last time we talk about them um so yes oh you say that i know now. i know the minute i say that i'm like what is rick talking gonna do Two o'clock, you wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> oh my god, you, you broke me! You broke me. Uh, okay, um, 
I, I mean, uh, all right, where do we go from here? I got because I, I have on here where do teams stand, but uh, you know, we're already about an hour into the show. We spent a lot of time on that, and I think we did a lot of the talk on where certain teams stand. So, uh, I guess you want to know what stuff's like in Minnesota? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk Minnesota here really quickly then. Yeah, so a uh, couple weeks back as a part of a work trip, I got to go to a wild game, which is something I've been pushing to myself to do a little more this year. Uh, I've been going through Minnesota for as part of this job for four years now. I should probably see a game at some point. Uh, very, very cool place and very unique group. Uh, it was kind of hard not to compare the Minnesota wild and their entire setup to Columbus, just because there's, you know, stadiums are the same age. They entered the league at the same year. Uh, but Minnesota just kind of does its own thing. And it could have been because I was at a matinee game, but there was a huge, huge emphasis on hockey families and how they are involving a lot of kids in the game and how they are, you know, involving them in pregame ceremonies. There's a flag bearer of every game that, you know, skates out to center ice and hypes up the crowd. And, you know, it's, it's not super unique, but it's a cool thing they do. Like, imagine it's your kid that gets to do that. If he's, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, that's an experience you remember the rest of your oh, life. Yeah. And when when they say they are the state of hockey, they mean it. There is... The I I always judge a place a lot by the jerseys that I see there, and you know a strong majority of them that the fans were wearing were Kirill Kaprizov jerseys, which you know rightfully so he's amazing to watch. Uh, but there was you know dipping into their heritage a bit. Uh, Derek Bugard jerseys were surprisingly wow. still being worn and still really popular. Uh, even some of their you know depth players have just been around a while. Like I saw a lot of like Joel Erickson Eck jerseys, which I thought was surprising. And then there's plenty of, you know, Mike Madonna and which didn't play there, but you know, close enough. Uh, And uh, Zach Parise and Suter and stuff like that. And then um, one tradition that I saw from them that I thought was really interesting uh, was it's called our ice. And, you know, for as popular as, uh, as hockey is in Minnesota, like to to give the full context, the state high school hockey championships outdraw some AHL teams. Like it, it's a massive, massive nice. event for these people. And what they what they do is they have this thing that they try to do to reach out to lots of Minnesota communities, where you can take a bottle of water that's, you know, from melted down ice from the pond by your house or the community rink or your backyard rink or something like that. And they'll, you know, take you through this thing where you get to mix it in with the water that's on that they use to make the ice at XL energy. Oh, that's sweet. Which I, yeah, which is, you know, just the thing that you and some other people watching it might know, but I think that's a really cool way of making people feel like they're really bought into it. Uh, and it probably says more about me that it, and how cynical I am. The, the first thing I thought of, was like, boy, if I was a rival there, I'd find a way to mix my toilet. You Detroit fans. But how do we get an octopus yeah, it, into this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a very, just a very cool experience overall. Uh, if you have the chance to go to, yeah, I'm not putting it in that Nashville tier 
of, you know, take time off work and go do this. Uh, but just very cool experience getting to see a game there. Yeah, that's that sounds fun. I, I always wanted to go there. Uh, you know, ever since I saw Mike Madonna in the Mighty Ducks movie, I always wanted to go there. <laughs> so, yeah, he did play yeah. up there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, did T. Mussolini play for the Jets? Yeah, he did. I don't know. I think he played for the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So, 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 quick recap. Now that I can check off stadiums I've been to, I've been to Minnesota, been to Nashville, been to Detroit and Columbus, Pittsburgh, all multiple times, Carolina, Washington, New Jersey. I think that's it. Oh, no, that's not it. I did get to go to the old Coliseum uh, for the Islanders, but I feel like if I'm trying to check off all 32 teams, I can't count that one because they moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you could always count that that place. Um, But yeah, now... now Worst one I've been to was the Coliseum. That was JT underscore Evans. (laughs) (laughs) It was not me. Uh, Islander fans, that was not me. That was John that said that. All right, to direct everything do, do, at him. Do you want me to? You want me to just go off on uh, on the tirade about the Coliseum? Is that the best way to close this out? <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> you are totally fine. Uh, all right, cool stuff. Um, well, getting to all those arenas that that sounds like a great plan and all. Uh, but you might have to put two more arenas on your list because. There are some rumors circulating that apparently the NHL already looking to expand again, and they are looking to add teams in Houston, which I feel like has been a thing for a while. But the surprising city name that popped up, Atlanta. Yeah, so this has been a rumor going out a little bit that, uh, you know, the NHL kind of shot down. Uh, mostly because just traditionally they don't like to make a lot of noise uh, about going to certain mm-hmm. markets unless it's going to, unless they're really certain it's going to happen. Uh, so you you look at kind of what's happened with that rumor to it, and uh, Kevin Weeks has been tweeting rather cryptically. So clearly uh, he is having a little bit of fun with this, but he's posting a lot of pictures of, you know, the Houston Arrows, from the WHA all of a sudden and Houston skyline and stuff like that. So, okay. Okay. There may be a little, uh, smoke to this. Uh, Houston makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. It's the it's the largest TV market that does in the United States that does not currently have a team. Uh, it would balance out the central a little bit. It gives you an in-state rival for the Dallas stars. There's, there's a lot of reasons Houston makes a lot of sense. Uh, it hasn't worked in the past because they don't necessarily have an arena ready to go for it. Uh, the big thing that you saw with that is they met with the owner of the Houston Rockets. I don't remember his name, uh, so please forgive me for that. But apparently it they, they did not walk away from it very impressed and feel like he was very enthusiastic about the idea of sharing the arena. Uh But, you know, where there's money, there's understanding. So if they are able to come together for this, if there's an ownership group that wants to put down half a billion dollars into Houston, uh, 
it, it has the potential to happen there. Yeah, Houston definitely, to me, makes sense. Uh, I mean, God, what are they? They're, they're top six market. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, number one market, New York. You've got two teams, three if you include Buffalo, L.A., I mean, you you got the Kings there. They they share the arena, and the Ducks. Kind yeah, of. yeah. Anaheim, I guess, is is. I mean, hell, the Anaheim Angels changed their name to the Los Angeles Angels. So yeah, you're you're close enough, and that's where Disney is. So yeah, you know, come on. Um, then you know, Chicago's the third market. San Francisco has the Sharks. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you got Dallas who's the stars and then you get to Houston. And then after that, it's cause I, I radio market. So, you know, then Philly seven, Washington, Atlanta, Detroit, Boston, Miami. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Detroit's at high still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Detroit's still a top 10 market, baby. Um, you're still up there, baby. Uh, so yeah, it makes is Atlanta top 10. Uh, Atlanta's not top 10, but Atlanta is a top 50. Or top 25. That's really yeah. surprising to me. Uh, where does Atlanta fall again? I want to see. They're definitely in the top 50. Uh, they're they're ahead of um, Virginia Beach and Norfolk and all of that. Yeah. Uh, another area that I, that I would imagine could potentially come up as a place for an East expansion since we already almost had the Norfolk Rhinos, uh, which it was crazy when we lived there had no idea how close it actually was to being a thing until after the Norfolk Admirals won that, that championship yeah. in the AHL, won that yeah. Calder Cup. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting at a freaking bar with one of the guys who was a part of the the whole pitch, and he's telling me how they fell short on the season ticket sales. That was pretty much the thing that did them in. And I was like, what? Yeah, and... <laughs> And for all the reasons I listed off of why I don't think Hampton Roads would be a good market, I, a lot of that's still yeah. true. Uh, the traffic is terrible. Having infrastructure to put an arena together there would be hell on earth. Uh, it's a very transit population having so many military folks. Oh, so, no, no, no. I so, don't think that one works anymore ever since Vegas. So, so season ticket would be difficult to do when people can have to disappear at the I drop of a hat. I don't buy that anymore because of Vegas. Cause everybody said okay. Vegas would never be able to support a team because it's too transient. It's I too much. It's too much this and too much that I think there are enough people that live in the Hampton roads area that if and plus that would be the only professional sports team there. So people that live in that area, that those lifetimers out of Chesapeake in that area. Yeah, they'll, they'll go. The question though, is where the hell do you build it? And yeah, right now we're getting a little too like Virginia specific because we lived in that area, but for people that never lived there, those seven cities don't work together. (laughs) That area does not work together. Norfolk will not allow Virginia beach to have something. And Virginia beach will not allow Norfolk to have something. And then Portsmouth won't allow all the, all the cities that are around there there. They all want it. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's worth mentioning it's seven cities that are connected by three tunnels. So moving people, these distances is extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think they're out. I like the idea of Atlanta getting a team back. I I like the idea yeah, too. I, I, I don't 
know if it'll work. Uh, and I and I think because I I told you like at the beginning of the season we had heard about Anson Carter trying to put together an ownership group to put a team in Atlanta again. Uh, but it, you know, as as you know, it's they've had a team not once twice, but twice, yeah. and it didn't work out either time. Uh, but the big legacy that you have for the Thrashers now is there's a lot more kids with sticks in their hands and a lot more kids uh you know picked up the sport since the thrashers left so so will that mean they get uh you know a chance to have a lot more actual hockey fans down there i don't know uh does it help the fact that tnt is headquartered there and they have some broadcasting rights yeah it does so uh i i don't know yeah I, i i just don't know how much I like the idea of, of Atlanta. I would love to see it succeed, but it, it realistically, if you're going to add a team in the West, you're the NHL is going to want to add a team in the East. Uh, and part of me is hoping they just do it in Atlanta so that Quebec city can collectively lose their minds. Uh, well, I was, uh, okay. So funny you bring that part up. Cause I was curious, do you think that there is the potential for another Canadian team? Uh, there's always no. that talk. Okay, you're just, okay, we're done with that. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, you, so, br- you so, brought up the good point, though, of if you put a team in the East, you typically want to put a team in the West, so, stuff like that. They're talking Houston. That would be a central team. Do you – well, I guess they'd throw Atlanta probably in that um, – Atlantic, aka I would think so. AKA yeah. Super North and Super South. Um, but do you maybe look at places like I don't know New Orleans? Ooh, tough, tough. New Orleans is tough because it, it it it's hard enough to make some hockey work in a place like Florida where there's so much else to do. Yeah. Uh, but. But we've seen what Nashville's like. Yeah, that's that's what gave me the idea. Yeah, of course, Nashville has so much of a techie population and stuff like that going there that it might be easier to make that work. I I don't know. New Orleans might be tough, but it wouldn't break my heart to have to add that to the list of places I have to go see. Oh, man, you know what? Oh, God, it's January and I'm going on this little hockey trip. Where are you going to see a hockey game? This winter sport, New Orleans. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then we're going from New Orleans to Houston. Why are you going to Houston? Hockey. Because <laughs> I, I have to catch my flight to Nashville. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nashville is the coldest place I'm going right now. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah but, but but yeah, the the just. Canada has so much going against it. Its currency is a lot less stable than the United States is. Uh, the arena that they want to use in Quebec City holds like 13,000 people. And they were they were hesitant to let Winnipeg do that. I don't think they're trying to do that a second time. Uh, you always hear about putting a team in like Hamilton or somewhere in a Toronto suburb. And I think the Maple Leafs would have something to say about their market being cut in on like that. Probably a big reason Milwaukee doesn't have a team is that the Blackhawks would be none too pleased. Mm. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's a good it's good to note uh, as well in case somebody's like, 
the hell do you mean the the Canadian money? Uh, Canadian revenue, uh, as far as the American dollar goes, the Canadian dollar, obviously currency wise, not as strong as the American dollar. So those Canadian teams do not generate as much revenue for the league as any of any of the American teams do. So that's why and, you, and yeah. in the yeah. And in the 90s, when uh, Quebec left, when Winnipeg left, a big portion of that was related to the Canadian dollar having some struggles, mm-hmm. which it, the fact that they pay all of their players in U.S. dollars as well kind of says a lot. Yep. So that's a big reason why, yeah, like, you know, I was throwing out the Canada idea because it, it always comes up because there's always the conversation. Well, the second team in Toronto, New York does too. Toronto can do too. Uh, you know, and the, and as well, they, I know they always use the, the Rangers and Islanders as comparison. Cause it's like, well, an original six team had another team show up and it didn't cut into their fan base and blah, 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 blah. So it's like, yeah, but it's, it's again, everything's different in Canada and everything's much different in that area of Canada as well. So it, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and 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 as someone that's been to Toronto multiple times, I will I will usually try to correct people if they assume it's a smaller place. Toronto's got like six million people in it, and that's without counting like a lot of their sound surrounding suburbs and out outer laying towns are still connected to them by train and stuff like that. So as far as like TV markets and stuff like that goes, I feel like Toronto could support another team. Uh, but if you're the Maple Leafs, why would yeah, you, why would you allow ever give up that monopoly? Yeah, why, like it, it, as as the owners, like when the owners are voting on it, why would you? You're not going to support that. You're not. You're not backing yeah. that decision. You're you're telling them to go somewhere else, and you know that's. I, I, you're right. Like, why would you allow somebody in? I wouldn't want to allow somebody in and potentially lose future fans down the road. Uh all right. Actually, let's stay up in the uh, the land of lakes right now. Uh, the Great White North up there, eh? Uh, let's talk uh, Toronto really fast because we didn't get to this yet. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, as far as the Maple Leafs go, I, I know right now they're playing the Devils. Uh, they're tied 1-1 one, uh, heading into the third, but... Uh, things not looking too good for them right now. Uh, their big trade ac- is acquisition. Uh, unfortunately, Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly, O'Reilly. Yeah, sorry, I was pull- I was pulling up the um, <laughs> trying to open up. Do I do every doing everything off the phone sucks sometimes. Uh, yeah. trying to jump from one to the other. But yeah, Ryan O'Reilly had successful surgery on his finger today. Uh, this was one day after Sheldon Keefe announced he had been placed on the long-term injured reserve. Uh, O'Reilly's timeline to return is four weeks after he suffered a broken finger over the weekend versus the Canucks in a 4-1 loss. Uh, obviously, traded to the Maple Leafs last month. He's had three goals to assist in the eight games, including that hat-trick game against the Sabres. Uh this is tough, uh, and especially because John Tavares uh, is still out as well right now for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and, and to to keep the appropriate perspective for it, uh, the Maple Leafs are still making the playoffs. They are. 
yeah, they, they they would have to go on a historically bad losing streak through March, which I have seen happen before, uh, but not to, not to this team. Come on, man. Uh, they they would have to have seven consecutive games that they lost and the Sabres won in order to lose that spot out there. Uh, they, they are they're in good shape. Uh, what's really going to be in question now is who has home ice for the first round between them and Tampa. Mm -hmm. And that could make a lot of difference in this series. Uh, What's helping them out a whole lot right now is the fact that Tampa Bay has lost five games in a row. They are awful here lately uh, to the point where John Cooper benched uh, point Kucherov and Stamkos for a period in a game just to make the point. So, it, between the two of them, it may be, you know, a tank fest almost. Uh, not that they're purposely trying to lose, but just that it's it's a South Park episode where they're, <laughs> no way, you guys are totally go- going to beat us. Uh, but they, you, they have a lot of potential moves uh, that they made that for a lot of depth pieces, and they're losing a lot of players higher up in the lineup. Yeah, that was a long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you're right. It's not make or break. It's more at this point, everybody's kind of. It, it's it's weird to say this, you know, because I remember last year we were pretty locked in and like, oh, all right, this is what we know, this is what we know. But it, it's kind of the same way again this year. Out of the West, we pretty much know our eight teams. The East, we pretty much know it's Maple Leafs lightning and probably devil's Rangers. And then it's who are the Bruins going to run over and who are the hurricanes going to give a nice beating down to as well. Uh, Maybe not as easily as the Bruins are going to run through whoever they face, but just, uh, yeah, it, it's more about seeding at this point. So it's going to be tough for them, but they got the nice little, you're right, they got a nice little cushion, uh, not a big cushion, but a nice little little lead on on the Lightning, even amount of games played so far. Uh, why do I not have the points percentage right now? I can't see points percentage on uh, my phone, but uh, I want to say the Maple Leafs have the better one. They do. Yeah. They, they have a couple-point lead on the Lightning, uh but if they're going to start losing some games here, uh, you, you would. Yeah. Be, it, it's not unreasonable to be concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean, listen, in, in Toronto land, uh, it's always reason to be concerned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you want to talk Pacific goalies or do you want to talk? I would love okay, to talk, let's talk Pacific, Pacific goalies. goalies and then we'll talk Stephen A. Smith. Okay. Um, actually, you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you the option. I can talk about how bad goaltending has been in the Pacific Division this year, or we could talk about how absurdly good the Bruins have been. I will leave the choice to you. Sir. Uh, you know what? Let's talk how absurdly good the Bruins have been. Okay. How many games have the Bruins lost in regulation so far? Was it six? Eight. All right. 
Yeah, uh, that means 49 wins, uh, five overtime losses, which, hey, close enough. Can you take a guess at who some of those eight teams are that walked out of Boston with a victory? Or walked away from Boston with a victory, I should say. Uh, Probably some bad teams like Montreal. Montreal, not one of them, uh, but you are on the right track. Uh, Coyotes? The Coyotes did beat them. Um, Montreal. Oh, I already said Montreal. Um, (laughs) Shows you what I think of them right now. Uh, Yeah, uh, Arizona beat them four to three on December. Okay. Um, All right. Hold on one second. Let me. Let's go with the Flyers. No Blue Jackets. No. Mm, Not Chicago. No. Uh, the Sharks? Sharks? No. I'll give you one of them here. Ottawa in October beat them uh, 7-5. to five. Mm. Just a all-out scoring uh, fest there. Then November 23rd, they lost in Florida 5-2. to oh, two. to the Panthers. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit too much time at the beach. Who knows? <laughs> uh, lost to Seattle. Three nothing. Hey, every team gets shut out now and again. What can you do? Uh, Lost to Tampa. Lost to Carolina as part of a three-game winless streak. Wow. Uh, Lost lost in overtime in between there to the Panthers, Uh, and then they've lost lost to Washington two to one on February the eleventh. Their next opponents are Edmonton and Detroit. It's entirely plausible that they are going to have a full 30 day period here of nothing but wins. That is, yeah, like what, what are, are they still, is, is it still just a 10 game winning streak right now or is it up to, it's, still it, it's yeah. at 10 right now. Yeah. 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 It's a 10 game winning streak and that wasn't even like the most impressive thing. Like, what, yeah. like finding that out, it was like, oh, yeah, I just kind of, okay. <laughs> like, Sure. Yeah, it, it, like I guess. <laughs> oh, and by the way, they added at the at the trade yeah, deadline. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the the record for uh wins in a season is 62. Uh it was done by the 96 Red Wings and it was done by the uh 19 Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh the the Bruins currently have 49 wins. They're on if this pace keeps up for them, they'll probably end at about 65. Uh, so you can just about give them the president's trophy. Now it'll be fun to kind of watch along to see if they're going to break a win record. But uh, you want to know a funny little thing that the 96 Red Wings and the 19 lightning have in What's common that? did not win the cup that year. Yeah. So a little bit curious if, if you were obviously I'm not going to be a big believer in curses or something like that. Uh, but you gotta wonder, you gotta wonder if Boston really wants to go all in to try to break this 62 win record, or do they just want to say, Hey, Bergeron, Martian, what's right. Krejci, maybe, maybe uh, take a night or a week or a month off at this point. And uh, we got this from here. Yeah. Uh, I all right. Good to know about the 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 record with the wins. I was more on the why do you want to win that president's trophy? 
Why do you want to do that to yourselves? Uh, we we we, so, we I mean, see what happens climb... constantly to the president trophy winner. What? Why climb Everest? Because it's there. Yeah, but when you everybody that climbed Everest seems to die on their way back down. You know, not that that really happens in life, <laughs> but you know, you get you get my analogy here. There's there's a long record of uh, a long a long track record of president trophy winners not going on to win the Stanley Cup. But only in recent history yeah. is is the thing about it. It's granted. I'll I'll give you that it's been a while. It has definitely been a while since the president's uh, trophy winning team ended up going on to win the cup there as well. Uh, I want to say the last one was two thousand eight when the Detroit Red Wings did it. You know who did it before that? Uh, no. It was the 2002 Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and this sounds like I'm tooting my own ho- team's horn, but I'm not. I promise. The team that did it before the 2002 Red Wings was the 2001 Avalanche. And the team that did it before that was the 99 Dallas Stars. So it's definitely been a while. Uh, and, you know, to your credit, the team before that is the 94 Rangers. So it's just it's been a while since it happened. But I don't think it's fair to say, oh, you know, the majority of the time the team that wins the president's trophy doesn't win the stanley cup it's like well yeah that's because that's a that's a difficult task to lay out number one and number two you know the the odds are against any individual team winning the stanley cup even the best teams only get like a 30 percent chance at Mm -hmm. winning each year when you break down the stats for it so for any team on any given year more than likely someone else is going to win it yeah that's true uh man that's wild uh well we'll see if the bruins break the record we'll see if they find a way because yeah they're they're president's trophy winners like it's locked up it's yeah just an insane season this team has had uh i mean 100 points already that's absolutely crazy um all right let's get into this really fast uh stephen a smith he made some comments uh, on first take that, well, it, it's just pretty clear that ESPN, even though they are the rights holder, uh, still doesn't really seem to care uh, about the NHL. And yeah. How so? I, I, You sent me this clip, full disclosure. I did not get a chance to watch okay. it, but I will defend Stephen A. Smith with my no, life. He's a national treasure. No, you won't. Because what happened was... Michael Kay, who does a show on ESPN radio, uh, is the voice of the New York Yankees. He was on ESPN First Take with Stephen A. And I forgot, I, I, I forget who the girl is that was hosting as well with them, uh, but was on the show. But they asked the question, hey, Michael, what New York sports team is closest to winning a championship right now? And he replied, right. the New York Rangers to which Stephen A. Smith and the other woman that was there went, that doesn't count. Hockey doesn't matter. Hockey doesn't count. And just crapped on hockey and told Michael K. that the Rangers don't matter and they don't count for this answer. Give us a different answer on who's closest to winning a championship in New York. No, the New York Rangers are a New York sports team. The New York Rangers 
I don't know if they're the closest to the Stanley Cup or the closest to a championship, but they are one of the better teams in New York right now. That was a legitimate answer. And ESPN. They absolutely, they absolutely are. That is a totally legitimate answer, but I kind of get where Steven's coming. No, I don't because it's just so like, if you're the rights holder, that, that would be like me at work. We do, we, we do it like, we have so we have somebody that we work with, an advertiser or something, and I just sit there and crap on that advertiser, and I'm like, no, that, you know what? That pizza place is garbage. It's it's not good. Their their cheese always tastes like it's two months old. I don't know if it's the same level. It as is, that, but I understand. I understand the analogy you're making. So what I think Stephen A is saying in this, and and maybe he had a some clarifying statement where he doesn't need me to defend him, uh, but yeah, would a Jets Super Bowl be on the same level as a Rangers Stanley Cup? Are you asking me? You ask me that as a New York sports fan? Would a Knicks title be on the same level as a Stanley a Rangers Stanley Cup? Uh, listen, it's not fair because you're you're comparing teams that I have never witnessed winning a, a championship to the only team I have witnessed okay, okay. winning a championship. Okay. <laughs> right, but not to you as an individual, just to that market in general. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure Stephen A is just a just a basketball and football guy. But I would argue that a Yankees pennant would probably mean a lot more than a Rangers Stanley Cup to that city. I don't know. To, ho- to hockey fans, obviously, it's a big deal. But to that but city. But here's the thing. I, in New York, I think New York, Detroit, I do think there's something about those original six cities and markets where that fan base is so deep that it does matter to the city. Because, And you see it every year at the playoffs. As well, like, you know, when the with the Rangers last year with that run, you they're showing the game at Met games and at Yankee games. Oh, they were. They that were. Awesome. They're showing their sh- anytime, anytime the Rangers would score, they would show the goal. They'd flash the score. They'd do all those things. So, like, there'd be a time where I would jump from during the intermission, jump over to like a Mets game. And they'd make the announcement where they're like, it's intermission in the Rangers game right now. And the Rangers are leading the Hurricanes as they head into the third period. And they just flash the score. That's what that's that loud roar that you heard from the crowd a minute ago. So fans here and, you know, like, so I think it, I think it does matter to New Yorkers. Now, yes, you're right. The level of care and, you know, for somebody like Stephen A, he is a basketball guy. So for him, if the Knicks win, that's the end all be all of championships in New York. And I think that's what he wanted Michael K to say because the New York Knicks have been damn good. And it has been fun being a Knicks fan again for the first time since like Patrick Ewing. Uh, it's so cool. Shame how his career ended after those aliens know, took his powers. Such a shame. Such a shame. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I guess I could defend him on that of like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. But it's just to me, it's a bad look because if you're supposed to, you're the company of the rights holder. One of your flagship names is just like hockey doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you remember when they first were about to get the rights and Stephen A was all like, was I love hockey. hockey. 
Yeah, what was talking about how the Toronto Maple Leafs are the Dallas Cowboys of hockey and like saying stuff like that. That was so fun. Yeah. I, and it's quickly turned into, dude, you're totally dismissive. Like you asked, you asked a legitimate question. You got the response, but you got an answer you didn't want. And now you're saying that, well, hockey doesn't matter. Yeah, And even for someone like me that's trying to defend him, I it's it's. I, it's fair to say, you know, Ranger, the Rangers may not have, you know, as big of a following as the Jets or Yankees or something. Uh, but I, I can understand where you're coming from when a comment like saying, oh, they don't have is basically throwing it in with like Red Bull FC. Yeah. As far as championships oh, go. Oh, 100%. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is like the MLS soccer league that you all have there. You know, that, that New York, New Jersey Red Bull team. That doesn't matter. Uh, Chance, Chance the Rapper didn't say, let's do that baseball. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I think that pretty much covers most of everything. I, I, there are some other things on my on my sheet, but do we want to talk about uh, the water bottle throw? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great note to end on. <laughs> just, just, for, just for the pure... <laughs> Love them. That was one of the greatest ending on a high. One note. of the greatest videos you ever sent me. Uh, I I don't ask me the goalie's name. I kind of don't even know. Casimir Kuzmika. Okay, that's who it was. Uh, I don't even know For, this former <laughs> former Predators uh, goalie. Uh, is it is now a backup for Leskins? I. IF, which, you know, had a two goal lead over HV 71. And uh, should I keep throwing out Swedish oh, yeah, teams? Yeah, no, yeah, I should yeah, probably yeah. just get to the point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, essentially, uh, you know, visibly, you know, frustrated uh, about uh, allowing three unanswered goals to HV 71. And uh, in a means of taking out his frustration, throws a water ball at bottle at a referee it doesn't just you know bounce off of his leg or something like that like from his net to the face-off dot what throws with the accuracy you haven't seen since the nfl combine it just nails this ref right in the back of the head uh I don't think you could even be mad about that that was an incredible athletic feat yeah I was pretty I was pretty blown away by that. Uh, I, I, again, I don't even know what this, like, I didn't even know the setup. You had just sent the video and I'm like, Oh, what's this? What's going on? Oh, okay. Oh, angry goalie. All right. Oh, Oh, he's got, Oh, he just threw the water bottle at the official and hit him directly square. Like this is totally like, don't shoot until you see the whites in their eyes type of level of accuracy. Like, and he did it from, and he hit him from behind. He didn't even need to see the whites in the ref's eyes to hit him in the chest. A moving target at that. <laughs> it was definitely one of the funniest things I've seen. If you haven't seen it, it just go. And watch. some people mentioned he may have just been, you know, throwing his water bottle in general and accidentally hit the ref. <laughs> uh, no, dude. Well, way, way too perfect of a well, throw for it to be. As someone who has accidentally shot a puck at an official before. Um, <laughs> after a whistle, Nick. Uh, yeah, after a whistle, just accidentally 
shot the puck at an official. Yeah, no. Uh, that yeah, that was not an accident. That was not. If even if you're throwing it, you're not. No, he aimed. He straight up knew where he was throwing it. He looked in that direction. He picked up the water bottle, looked in that direction, and threw it at him. <laughs> it's so clear. Yeah, and and, and obviously, you know, you, every league needs to take referee safety really seriously. And uh, he Casico was uh, suspended for five games and has been fined twenty three thousand seven hundred fifty Swedish krona, uh, which is about twenty three hundred dollars uh, USD. Uh, I hope, I hope an NHL team signs him at this point. <laughs> yeah. Just, 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 just because he's good at, he's got good accuracy. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, no, I take that. I take that back. I take that back with his throwing accuracy and a little bit of an attitude. You know, where Kaseko belongs is the XFL. Oh yeah. yeah. I have watched no XFL this year. Neither have Man. I, but God, I, I love it. And yeah, I will never grow out of the middle school kid that was entirely too into the Los Angeles extreme. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was into the New York Defenders or whatever it was for that first year as well. Um, All right. Well, yeah. that was a fun episode. It was a lot. Cranked a lot out. It was. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, thank you all for hanging out this week. Uh, John, hit him with the plugs. Uh, I am on Twitter at JT Evans, the number zero. Right. And I'm wonderful underscore radio. Until next week, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. an ivory-covered homestead that I love With its wide old-fashioned chimney and a simple home like ours It's the land of my dear parents now above There's a peaceful cottage there and a happy homesome dare Parts been longing for a day by day Where I spent my golden hours in the Vale of Shenandoah With the green fields of Virginia far